Welcome, friends. You are listening to the podcast for First Christian Church in Fort Myers, Florida. To learn more, join us online at fccfm.org. It is a blessing to be able to share God's Word with you today. Thanks for joining us. Hello to all of our friends that are joining us online, those that are listening on the radio, and those of you that are in the room. Welcome. It's a pleasure to be able to share God's Word with you again this morning. Last week, as Jess already mentioned, we kicked off this series that we're calling FaceTime. This is a series on prayer. And we're walking through this model prayer that Jesus gave to us that many have referred to as the Lord's Prayer. And in week one, we talked about the message and the pre-message. Right before Jesus shared this prayer with us, he was kind of addressing some things that were going on and people that actually would use prayer as a way to get attention for themselves. And then in the middle of the pre-message, three different times, he gave this instruction, when you pray, when you pray, as in it's not just a suggestion, (laughs) he wants us to do it. And here's the thing, we don't get the benefits of a great relationship with God and communication with God without prayer. We actually have to pray. And we talked last week about our Heavenly Father and his heart or focus being on love, the lost, and the least of these, and a few reasons, those being that we can trust him when we pray. And this week, we're going to continue with that prayer, moving on to the second part of verse 9. So we're going to go ahead and read uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 quickly. It says, in this manner, therefore, pray our Father in heaven, as we talked about last week. And then it says, hallowed be your name. I've heard it said hallowed or hallowed, or if you're French, hallowed, or um, I heard a kid share about his faith journey. He always thought that God's name was Harold. <laughs> because in his church, every Sunday, they would recite this. And they would say, Our Father in heaven, Harold be your name. <laughs> hallowed. We're going to talk about hallowed. Hallow is, is not a word that we use in our modern language. Um, for the most part, what does it mean to hallow his name? Well, you know, I had to spend a lot of time studying this because I've never actually heard this part of the prayer preached about before, and I, and I want to make sure that I knew what I was talking about. And, you know, the thing is, is that the Bible is not actually written in English. So surprise for some of you, that wasn't the original language it was written in. And in the New Testament, it's written in Greek. And that particular word, hallow, in the Greek um, means this, hagiazo. That's the original word for it. And that word is a word for the word holy, Uh, Holy as to set something apart or to treat as holy. And and the best modern word or or thought to kind of sum this up is that we're going to show reverence for the name of the Lord. When you pray, hallowed be your name or herald be your name, you're saying, let your name be holy. God, we're showing reverence to you. So again, as we shared a little bit last week, this prayer is not like the code or the formula. You don't have to say, hallowed be your name. But when you pray, this is a part of your prayer that Jesus is instructing us that we need to be mindful of who we're praying to. God, may your name be given the unique reverence that is due your character, your nature, your power as our heavenly father. So when you begin your prayers with hallowed be your name, It's for us to come into the presence of God, recognizing who God is and what he can do for us. We're saying, God, you're all powerful. God, we're we're trusting you. We're reverencing who you are. And here's the thing. We don't always realize the power in a name. I did prep my mom for this since she's in the room 
uh, so it wouldn't be embarrassing to her. But as a kid, my family always called me Jimmy. And that was my name. And in kindergarten, when I got to kindergarten, all the kids that got in trouble were named Jimmy. Now, it doesn't mean that I didn't get in trouble. I just didn't get caught. And so I didn't want to be grouped in with that group of, uh, you know, bad kids. Anyways, so I told my mom I wanted to change my name. So she said, okay, you can change your name to Bobby. I said, okay, Bobby. So that's a big jump, right? I'm trying to figure that out too. Anyways, I go to first grade and turns out I don't like the name Bobby. And um, all the kids that got in trouble were named Bobby. So my plan is not working. So I go home and I said, Mom, I'm done with Bobby. I don't like it. I'm changing my name back. And that's when she told me that my real government name is Bobby James Akers III. And I proceeded to have a complete meltdown. And, you know, like, I mean, complete drama meltdown. I don't know who I am anymore. You've been lying to me my whole life. Like, I had my whole life planned out, right? Like, as Jimmy, and now I find out my real name. And this actually has been a thing for me, like, all through school. Like, sometimes I would refuse to, like, respond to the name I didn't know. And then to really throw it off, my, my grandfather, Pap, he used to call me Roberto. And it was like, like, we're not even kind of getting back to Jimmy at all. And so, but <laughs> the thing is, for six years, I thought my name was Jimmy. Like, I thought that's what my... My name was. By the way, that is what my name is. You can call me that. Names, they matter. But one that matters above every other name, right? That's what we're talking about today. Psalm 20, verse 7, the psalmist writes, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. In other words, hallowed be your name. We're not putting our trust in other people. We're not putting our trust in things, but in our heavenly father, God, we are seeking you. We're praying to you and we are worshiping you. We are trusting you. We are praying to this great big God and studying, preparing for this message. I started to go through a list of God's names as recorded all throughout the Bible. See the, the Hebrew and Greek language is much more expansive than the English language. And they would actually take God's characteristics or his attributes and they would give him a name attached to those things. It's pretty incredible. So I'm going to read through a couple of this, these names that are God's names. And I don't just want you to hear the word, but think about the meaning behind it and who God is to you and whether or not you've actually seen God in this capacity. Elohim, Genesis 1.1, the mighty creator. Adonai, master or Lord in Genesis 15. El Shaddai, almighty in Genesis 17. El Elyon, most high in Genesis 14, El Roy, the strong one that sees, Genesis 16, O Alam, uh, everlasting God in Genesis 21, verse 22 through 23, Jehovah, self-existent one in Exodus 3, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider, Genesis 22, Jehovah Emkadesh, the God who sanctifies in Leviticus 20, Jehovah Nisi, the Lord our banner in Exodus 17, Jehovah Rohi, the Lord my shepherd in Psalm 23, Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals in Exodus 15, Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace in Judges 6, Jehovah Shama, the Lord is here, Ezekiel 48, Jehovah Sikkim, the Lord our righteousness in Jeremiah 23. We're praying to that big of a God. He does all of these things. When we pray to our Heavenly Father, we acknowledge God's name in reference to our needs. Hallowed be your name and all that your name is and all that it represents. We're recognizing that God is our Heavenly Father and recognizing worshiping him for who he is. Hallowed be your name alone. 
Another theologian that I came across in studying for this message, he, he said it's actually easier for us to wrap our minds around this concept in this verse if we'll reverse the order and saying it, hallowed be your name, we can say, may your name be hallowed. May your name be holy. See, when I would read this, and we'll get into this more as we go through this prayer, but the rest of this prayer seems like petitions, things we're asking God for. And I always saw this as not a petition, but when you reverse that, you understand that this is actually a hope, a desire that God's name would be worshiped, that we would see him as holy, that we ourselves would also set him apart. He's already set himself apart, right? He doesn't need our help, but we would recognize him as that. So just a couple of ways that we can hallow the name of God every day. Hallowed be your name, number one, in the words that we speak. Hallowed be your name in the words that we speak. I actually shared this passage last week, and I felt like it was just as applicable this morning. Luke chapter 6, verse 45. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. But out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. In other words, what's inside of you is eventually going to come out, right? Psalm 19:14. may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. An incredible prayer that we can pray. Ephesians 4:29. don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Hallowed be your name in the words that I speak, in the words that we speak. That sounds good, but how? How? The application is so simple. In fact, we tell with this every week, regardless of whether I'm preaching or Gary's preaching or whoever's preaching, we say something to this uh, application every single week because it's still true. Spending time in God's word, spending time in prayer and time with others that also speak life and point you to Jesus. Why? Because our words impact us, but they don't just impact us. They impact other people that are around us, right? And they also identify what matters to us. If you really want to know what matters to a person, listen to the things that they say. Also points to who we serve and why we serve. So we get to show reverence and worship to God, both in prayer and in the words that we speak. If you're taking notes this morning, hallowed be your name, number two, in the work that we do. In the work that we do. Colossians 3.17, whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. 1 Corinthians 10.31, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And yes, even your work. Even the work that you do. Sounds good, but how? I'm so glad you asked. Same answer. Spending time in God's word, time in prayer, and time with others that also speak life. But Jimmy, you already said that. It's the same answer because time in the Bible gives us truth to live by. You know that a lot of times the wisdom that we're looking for is literally in our pockets. Because a lot of us have the Bible on our phone as an app where you have access to it if you want to that quickly. Being around others that speak life that are life-giving help us work through this stuff with real people in real time that can show into us. But again, it comes back to prayer. It comes back 
to prayer because prayer is not just this. Sometimes we, sometimes we mystify prayer. And, and the truth is, is there is something that's spiritual happening. We're encountering God in a spiritual capacity. But when we have a communication with the Lord, it's just like we're talking to somebody else, but we're talking to somebody that actually has the power to change our life. That's the biggest difference. One time, a couple of months ago, we were in staff meeting. I, I remember uh, we were in uh, and we were having some conversations about some things. And um, our, our staff, in my opinion, now I'm a little partial because I'm on the staff, but I think we have an incredible staff at our church. And for me, you know, I've worked in a couple of churches in my in my uh, time in ministry over the last 16 years. And for me, I feel like we have the healthiest uh, staff culture that I've ever been a part of. We're not perfect, um, but we have some incredible people that we get to serve with. And so it's a blessing to be able to do that. But I remember we were talking about some things that we wanted to do or things that we wanted to do as a church. And uh, Jess, our communications director that was up here that was also helping uh, with singing this morning, um, she made this statement. She said, we could do that. And what she meant when she said that was that somebody could do that, but she wasn't going to do that because she was already doing enough. <laughs> and that thought, and so that comes up probably every staff meeting now. At some point in time, somebody says, hey, we should do this. And so Jess will say, we could do that. Um, here, here's the thing about this. We often use uh, you know, these kinds of things as, as reminders for stuff just, just for us. But what God's trying to help us understand is he's calling us to do it. Like it's, and it, it's not, you know, and I, here's the thing as pastors of, of the church, we love to pray for you. We pray for you every week. We love to pray for you individually, but understand this, the same God that we're praying to, you can pray to. There's no separation there. And, and the benefit of us praying with you and for you is the fact that more of us are praying and there's power in prayer. But he's the same God and he's just as accessible to you as he is to us because he's called us to actually be in communication with him. We can hallow his name in the words that we speak and we can hallow his name in the words, the work that we do and we can hallow his name in our witness for him and our witness for Jesus. You know, technically the words that we speak and the work that we do intermingles with this, but I really felt like we needed to isolate this point to kind of Help us understand how important this is. There are people in your sphere of influence that, you know, whether it be your family or your neighbors or your coworkers, friends, you are the closest thing to Jesus that they've ever been. And you have an opportunity to continue that introduction. And some of you may think, well, I only got like four verses memorized. Like I really don't know a whole lot about a whole lot. Like I can't really speak with authority about this thing. But for some of you, you are the closest thing to the Bible that the people around you have ever read. You don't have to have it all figured out. You have an opportunity to introduce them to the things that are benefiting your life. And Acts chapter one, verse eight, it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. We will be his witnesses telling people about him everywhere. He says in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So this is something that God has called us to do. And here's the thing. And sometimes we're a witness for the things that we say and do. And other times for the things that we don't say or do. Matthew 5.16 speaks to this pretty clearly. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see 
so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Again, we're talking about a big impact here. Like you could be having a conversation with one person, but that conversation could impact a whole bunch of people. They might go home and tell their family. They may go home and tell their friends. They may be in a lunchroom having a conversation with somebody else, and somebody else overhears it. You have no idea how it's going to impact and reverb from your initial conversation. And I love this, 1 Peter 3.15. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. And this, I love this passage of scripture because I love sharing hope with people. And the truth is, if you put your trust in Christ, you're just starting to come into a relationship with Jesus. You have something in your life that other people around you need. But I've always had a hard time with the beginning of this verse, again, because the language is not something we typically use. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Where it says revere, some translations say sanctify. Again, something that we don't use a lot in our modern language. And I didn't really understand that sanctify Christ as Lord. But all of those translations still go back, because this is the New Testament, to the Greek. And this was amazing, because I didn't find this out until Thursday when I was studying this. I, went, I decided to go back and study this verse, because I've always had a hard time with the beginning of that sentence. And here's the crazy thing about this. When God gave me this passage of scripture, the word for revere there or sanctify is the same Greek word for hallow. That in sharing the hope that you have and telling people about the Jesus that you've been introduced to that has changed your life, you are worshiping him. This is a way to honor God. Hallowed be your name in the words that we speak, in the work that we do, and in our witness for Jesus. Because all of this stuff comes back to worship. I want you to notice one thing about all of those points that we just shared. They're plural. They're plural. The words that we speak, the work that we do, our witness for Jesus. When I first worked on the first draft of this that went from my brain to a notepad this week. I wrote those statements as singular, the work that I do, the words that I speak. And that's still applicable, right? Because this is our individual choice in following Jesus and committing to Christ. And he's called us to do this. But here's the thing, intentionally, and again, something I've never, I've read this prayer from Jesus five million times. I've heard it preached about a ton over the course of my lifetime. I've never fully paid attention to this. Intentionally, Jesus makes this a plural prayer because he's calling us to it. He says, our father, right? He doesn't say my father, even though it is my father. He says, our father. He says, give us this day our daily bread. He says, forgive us our sins deliver us from evil. So God, may the, the words that we speak, the work that we do, and the witness we share and the life we live, hallow your name, glorify your name, bring honor to your name, worship your name. I'm gonna invite the worship team to come back to the stage this morning with me. And if you're watching online or listening on the radio, we encourage you to, if we can pray for you in any capacity, help you out, fccfm.org slash connect. And if you're in the room this morning and you'd like prayer before we dismiss this morning, I want to encourage you to join us down here by the front and by the cross. We'll have some folks down here 
to pray. But we want to close out today a little bit different. And like we did last week, we're going to say the Lord's Prayer together today. We're going to say this model prayer together. But after that, I want us to spend a few minutes putting what we just talked about into practice by singing and worshiping our Heavenly Father. Now, here's the thing. And we even say this. We use this language in church. We'll call the portion of songs the worship time. And it is. But offering is also worship. Gathering together and spending time in God's word is also worship. Prayer is also worship. All the things that we just talked about, the words that we speak, the work that we do, the witness that we are, all of those things our entire life can be. And I say can be because we collectively and individually get to choose whether or not we do that. We can hallow the name of the Lord with our life. And that's what the lyrics of this song that we're going to sing is about, that we build our life on who God is. The name above every name. The name above every name. You know, in, in the book of James, it actually says that the demons tremble at the name of Jesus. They actually show more respect for who God is than we do sometimes. Because they recognize his power. <laughs> we recognize who he is. So here's how we're going to close out. We're going to say this prayer together. I want to ask you, will you stand with me? We did this last week, and we're going to do it for the next couple of weeks with this series. And some of you have repeated this prayer at weddings. You repeated it at funerals. Maybe as a kid you learned it. Maybe some of you learned it in a different translation and we're saying the wrong one. Thank you for your grace. <laughs> I want us to say this together, but I don't want it just to be words on the screen or words that come from our lips. But I want us to hallow his name as we say this. You know, the cool thing about God is that we have complete access to him now. You know, when Jesus died on the cross, the Bible says that the veil was torn. It used to be only certain people could go into the presence of God, into the Holy of Holies, and we have access to him now. We don't need somebody else to pray for us. We get to pray to him ourselves. So as we say this prayer together today, and as we continue working through the series, I really want you to think about the fact that these are not just words and he's not just a person or a thing. He's God. And us as sons and daughters get to spend time communicating with him. And not only that, but he wants us to hear from him too. So let's say this this morning and then we're going to go ahead and close out with a song and worship. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. 
and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We pray this message has been a blessing to you. If we can pray for you or encourage you in any capacity, please let us know at FCCFM.org.